called in to Box and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Welcome back to Bucks and Brews. Nick, it's been a couple weeks, actually. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> you were sick. Dude, my family got real sick. Uh, it's going around the kids. Yeah. And they're bringing it home from school. I think that's exactly... Because, like, Emerson, she was not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I died, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, it was funny. My wife always... Like, I, I'm that guy. Like, when he gets sick, he just crawls up into a ball and, like, feed me. and You yeah. know? Um, You're a baby. But, yeah. Like, I was on the couch, and I was up and kind of trying to do stuff. And I, I closed my fucking pool, okay? But I almost passed out, like, three times. That's how sick I was. Um, Saturday. So, my wife got it later than me. And then Saturday, she, like... All she did was spend the whole day in bed. And I was like, <laughs> who's, who's sick now? Um, so... That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a win for me. But, uh, it's a... It has been a couple weeks. I I finished my liquid diet. Yes. Uh, ten full days of just liquid drinks, no alcohol, um, protein drinks basically, yeah. and some some. The, the one thing about being sick is I had beef broth, which mm-hmm. you know, but without the noodles, kind of sucks. Yeah. So, um, and so tonight, guys, uh, I hope you don't mind. I am drinking drinking some sparkling ice black raspberry sponsored by Break Room Therapy here because yeah, very welcome. Uh, David's cold water tap doesn't work. Uh, we'll get all the hot water you want. Well, normally I can get it and it's like cold right away, and yeah. I just I don't know for some reason let it keep going while you and I were jaw jacking. I grabbed my cup and I was like, I'm not drinking this warm water. <laughs> so what are you drinking, my friend? Um, I'm back to what I had a couple weeks ago from New Holland. I have the Ichabod pumpkin ale, which is different than the pineapple. That sounds so good. <laughs> and from shorts, a soft parade fruit ale. So yeah, yeah. say I think uh, I I have a couple couple more weeks and I'll be right back onto the the drinking something. Well, that's kick. good because Mr. Michael Benson is sponsoring you with many many sours. I'm so excited. So uh, something near dear close to my heart. Uh, some real estate. We have a guest tonight we do from beautiful california uh mr jim lee so jim thanks so much for joining us uh tell us a little bit about yourself i already introduced where you're from and i'm jealous of your weather i'm gonna come visit you (laughs) yeah sure whenever um yeah so i uh i obtained my economics degree back in uh, ucla uh 2010 and i've been a real estate investor since my first w2 job right off of the college and I uh, was fortunate enough to land a job as an inside sales rep at working at LoopNet. Now, for those that don't know what LoopNet is, it's basically Zillow for commercial real estate. And so in there, working in the company, I was able to talk to real estate investors, agents, property managers, lenders on a daily basis. So I kind of learned the importance of having multiple stream of income. Um, so that's how I started uh, real estate for additional passive income and never looked back. That's amazing. I say I never met anybody that worked for LoopNet, and and yeah, say if you, you and I both know it. Yeah, it's so weird because like I mean, it really is. Yeah, the MLS for commercial yeah. real estate. I mean, so your bigger things. I mean, um, on there you'll find apartment complexes. Yeah, on the MLS you'll find that as well. But like this is you know, so if you're in residential, you'll find the big stuff there. You'll find, um, 
you know your your auto zones your your triple net lease things over there we so, found this building yeah so, through loop net there you go um so it really it really is huge and sorry you did inside sales for them so you were just trying to get what were you trying to get for them um i was trying to sell subscriptions so okay. the concept with loopnet as you guys may be aware of uh, you can create a free account right um and back back in the day like 10 years ago it was the concept is free cannot see free so if you're a free searcher you cannot see the free listers um what that means is that if you want everybody everyone's eyeballs on your listing then you have to pay to list right um and then vice versa if you want to be able to see everything you have to pay to search right including the free listing so my job my role as a, at the company was just to sell a subscription get them to upgrade to the pre, uh, pre, uh pay searcher or pay lister that's awesome um and say and do you still work for them no i uh stopped working for them uh 2014 and then i kind of hopped around from one w2 job to another and be eventually became a, a realtor in 2018 okay and that's how i started you know being more aggressive with investing real estate and trying to make a career out of real estate so right after your first w2 or mm -hmm. so in your first w2 so at loopnet you said you bought your first rental property Yes. Okay. And how, so you were probably what, like 22, 23? I was around 25. Okay. 25. And uh, where, will you walk me through that, where it is, like what it was and uh, if you still own it? Yeah, absolutely. So I still own it. It's uh, it's, it's a, it's a short sell, two bedroom, one bathroom condo, 600 square feet. And it took me a year to close the property. Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it took, it took the bank a year to approve the price that yep. I submitted. And the, a year later, they came back with me saying that they, they want 10,000 more. I, I, I turned that down, but the agent said, hey, you waited this long, just give them something. So I gave them $1,000 and we were able to close the deal that way. Okay. Um, and I was pretty actively involved in that deal. I pretty much dealt with the tenant, toilet, trash on my, on my own. I did the maintenance. Uh, collected the rent, run the background check. And I realized that I I don't want to be that actively uh, involved because <laughs> you hear you hear people talk about investing in real estate. Oh, you invest to get passive income, but they don't see the headaches behind the scene, right? And um, I kind of went through that, that motion and learned everything I needed to. And so that's when I started to delegate all the tasks away to the property manager to help me manage it for me. Great. Um, two bed, one bath, 600 square feet. That sounds like a fucking mansion. Um, is that in <laughs> California? Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, so you were hands-on, so it's near where you live. Um, and you still own it. What did you, okay. So you, what year did you buy that? Do you know roughly? Um, I bought that 2015. Okay. And they, and a short sale in 2015. That's wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh do you care to share some numbers what you bought it for absolutely so i bought it for 145,000 and then it's appreciated to 350,000 uh you. in today's market um since it's a short sale it was a cash offer so yeah. i managed to save up a good chunk of money before i bought this condo and it just worked for me sure. at that time yeah 145 um 
so so you offered 144 and then you got it for 145 yes um so that's <laughs> that's pretty good um all right too bad what is it rent for currently in this market it rents for 2200 2200 for 600 square feet um you know and you're in the wrong state <laughs> say I'm, i i am but you know i say i i want to step back and uh one thing you said that just it hits so home to me is how many people don't realize what a hands-on real estate investor deals with right you said you're dealing with the toilets the the trash all of it um you know i mean every day I have gotten a little lazy, but like every day I'm there in the yard picking up the trash in my apartment complexes. Like I'm, I'm constantly doing stuff, right? Like, it's not like I, I, I don't have a job. It's I'm still working, just fixing people's crap. So, um, I mean, yeah. you could have a property manager. I could have, you are the property. Yeah, manager. I say they property managers just suck. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, my, my philosophy is nobody's going to do a good enough job the way I do it. Right. So I take pride in what I do. Um, so, all right. So you have, you have the condo and then you said you, you hated being the hands-on landlord. So what did you do from there? So from there, I started to create a list of vendors that I can, uh, start building relationship that I can trust in case I have any maintenance issues. Um, and then I kind of self-managed for a little bit until I got to a point where it doesn't make any sense for me to be hands-on. I, I just delegate tasks to property manager. Um, uh, but you know, there's pros and cons to it, just like you said, right? Sometimes you, you feel like you can do everything better than anyone. So you don't want to delegate any tasks, but, uh, with property manager, you pretty much have to now, now it's like, you have to manage the property manager, right? Yep. And, and it's, it's, it's that, that also has its own headache, its own problem. But if you find the right people, uh, get the right, uh, people on your, on the, on your bus, then, um, usually it, sh it shouldn't create that much of a hassle. Sure. And, uh, say, um, how did you go through a different, a bunch of different management companies? Did you find the right one right away? How yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah, I went through some trials and errors. <laughs> <laughs> I find that I find that with a lot of people, right? You're like, oh hey, because you know, first time you're like, oh, I don't want to pay. I don't, what what percentage does your property management company out there take? They take uh one percent, one to two percent. That's it yeah, per month. I'm, I'm talking you're in the wrong uh market. So here here in West Michigan, I know mm -hmm. the lowest I think I've heard is like five and a half. Um, that's if you own more than like 10 units or something. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise like normal for us, just normal is, is 10%. Um, and then uh, Airbnbs and stuff is like 25% oh, yeah. for, but you're getting, they're only charging you one. Hell, I would pass off all my shit for 1%, mm -hmm. right? It is not worth my head. I, I, I'd hand them my entire list and go here. These are the people I want called. When things go wrong, you just handle the call for 1%. Shit. I'd raise that 1%. Right now, I just tell my tenants, hey, you're getting a 1% increase right now. No, you wouldn't. I would right now for 1%. Somebody says it. No. Um, but so now, now, have you added to your portfolio? Yeah. So I started syndicating. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah. So syndication. Yeah. I started syndicating uh, multifamily apartments out in Florida. Um, my first deal was 200 unit apartments. And then my second deal was 400 unit apartments. But this is a, it's a team collected effort. It's not just by myself. There's like five, six other general partners on the team as well. 
so I, you know, um, for everybody that doesn't know, because I, David and I talk about it a little bit, but would you mind walking us through what syndication is? Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, so a syndication is basically a partnership between investors who pull their resources together into a single investment. Uh, this allows you to invest in multi-million dollar deals like multifamily properties, which is the asset class I'm in, or any commercial buildings. Um, syndication eliminate much of the risk while sharing the upside. The property generates an income and it gets split amongst uh, the investors. So it's a win-win scenario for everyone. And so you said, sorry, you have like six GPs, general partners. Yes. Um, and how many out of those? So... I guess to dive into it, the GPs, then you guys have to go raise capital for your down payment and for your, um, not, okay. So you raised capital for your down payment, I assume. And then you, I assume you also raised, uh, um, I can't think of the word, extra money for, for your uh, reserves and capital. reserves. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, I assume you had to go raise that. So did each partner have to bring in a certain amount of money? How did you guys structure your syndication? It just depends which what what each person each of the GPs skill set offer what 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 we can offer to the table right how how can we add value to each other so I didn't have any experience with syndication so obviously I needed to partner with someone who has that track record that experience right um, I when I was a realtor I was calling a list of absentee owners and so. Through, through that, I was able to build up a list of investors. So I had some capital to work with, um, so, but I was lacking the deal. I was lacking the experience and asset management part of the business, right? So um, my role as, as the syndicator was to mainly raise capital um, and also do some investor relation and marketing. Whereas my business partners, they, they would uh, offer, you know, to take over the prod, to find the deal, underwrite the deal, um, and then close the deal and manage the deal. So they, they work made primarily on the asset management portion of the, the business. Okay. Um, and so then with your syndication, so the, you're, you're bringing in private investors. Um, right, now, are you guys uh, doing accredited investors or non-accredited? Depends on the deal structure. Yep. Every deal is different. Um, if you are, on, uh, because it, when you take money from, uh, when you when you generate uh, income for, and you take money from some uh, an investor, you have to follow the um, securities guidelines, SEC, right? Yep. And there's an exemption you can select, which is 506B or 506C, like what you talked about. Uh, whether we take a credit investor or not. And so some deals, they uh, the first deal, actually the my first two deals is under 506B. So we're able to take non-accredited investors, but we're not able to advertise a deal. Right. And you're limited to uh, one, is it 25 or 100? I forget of non-accredited investors. 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, not accredited means you have a net worth that's not a million dollars. Um, you and then when you're saying also on this type of a deal, you can't you can't market it, right? You can't go out and raise money from people that you don't know us. So it has to be quote unquote friends, family, people that you know personally on a level. So they trust that you that they trust that you trust them. <laughs> so um, and so you guys you guys raise this and then 
can you break down, I guess, your your GP, how much you guys get and what you were predicting for your investors? Yeah, absolutely. So as GP, we make money on acquisition, asset management, like like discussed, disposition and refi, refinance. So anytime pretty much there's a capital event, we can take, you know, 1%. Um, when we sell the property, we take 1% and then acquisition, it varies between one to 3%, depending on how, how the size of the deal, the bigger the deal, the smaller acquisition we take. So if it's a hundred plus unit apartment, we take 1%, but if you're syndicating, let's say 20 units, you can probably charge 3% on that asset management is basically also one to 3%. And it's just based on the rental revenue you get per month. Um, but those are only split amongst the asset management, uh, uh, the GPs that's handling asset management. Uh, the people that raised capital, all we'd get is the acquisition pretty much and disposition. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the performa that we project is pretty standard. I'm pretty sure you've seen this uh, online. It's 8% preferred return, 70-30 split, anything above that. And uh, it's uh, 2x equity multiple. Okay. Um, let's say, and then, so, uh, sorry, break, we're breaking that down real quick. Um, so you guys are only taking 1%. That's a really good like for a GP, that's really low, um, for a lot of the things that I've been seeing for syndicators. Um, and then you said the words correctly, right? So you're giving an 8% preferred return, right? Because you can't guarantee returns, <laughs> Um, so you can't say the word guarantee because otherwise then you're on the hook to make sure that every single time, if the, if the asset doesn't perform, you're, you, you can't guarantee it. Right. So it's a preferred return. So they get the first 8% preferred. And then you do 70, 70, 30 is what you guys do. And that's 70% to the investor and 30% to you guys on the acquisition side. Yeah. Um, okay. And then. And oh, sorry. And then you said there was one other thing. Uh, two times, two times anything after that, right? What was that about? Sorry. Oh, two x equity multiple. So what that means is, uh, once we go through the end of the cycle and we sell the property, you can expect two x of your money back. So if you put in a hundred thousand, you can yep. get two hundred thousand back. And typically, we hold the property for five years. Okay. And then you're refining or you're selling. We refi typically in year two and year three, whenever interest rate is good. So right now it would be really tough to refi. We'd have to wait until the Fed um, drops the rate. Um, but it also depends on how how far our renovation has completed. So, you know, but once we add value, we're able to increase the income and that's when we'll be able to refi at a, a low rate to pull some capital out and make distribution to the investor so they can re-leverage and invest in other things. Sure. And then, um, so now you're refining or so you're paying off your investors. Do they stay part of the deal or are you paying them off? No, they stay, their, their equity still remain in the deal. Okay. Yeah, we're paying them off uh, the money that they had put in, but the sure. equity is still there. Sure. And then um, now they say, and then they're gonna they're gonna go reinvest that into something else. So when you're when you're doing your refinance, um, you mentioned uh, doing improvements, and uh, I know this stupid. Sorry, my brain is still bad from being sick. Um, you're you're doing improvements to to renovate the units and things. Can you walk us through how you're how you're making these places better? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, t- I'll talk about our most recent deal. It's in downtown Dallas, um, class A apartment building. It's built in after 2000, 200 units. Um, th- this is this deal we're looking at. How, how can we add value to class A, right? Because it's, it's new construction. Usually there's not much meat on the bone, but we're able to, uh, differentiate a couple of the things um one thing is that in in the neighborhood there's a lot in the apartment complex there's a lot of people that have pets like dogs cats stuff like that and then so they requested that we have a pet washing station so that could be installed in the garage um storage space is another another big thing that people look look out for um uh, the, because there's a lot of stuff that people need to store and, and typically when they ran, they, the room is not, it doesn't provide enough big, big enough room for them to store stuff. So that's another big one. Um, we also di- digitize like a laundry room, right? Make everything all, um, basically just Apple pay now, instead of having cash, you know, uh, coins and stuff like that. So there's like little things here and there that you can add value. And if you're able to add all these amenities, you can also increase the bottom line, which is the rental income. Sure. Um, Yeah, I said the value. Besides besides obviously fixing up the rooms and, you know, uh, upgrading to, you know, quartz countertops and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And say, and, uh, you know, I... I like to uh, think that nobody else does real estate. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me sometimes because I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but you said, hey, this is a this is an A neighborhood. Um, walk me through, I guess, what what you mean by an A neighborhood? For is there other letters? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, so there's uh, a multifamily. There's what's considered class A, B, C, and then there's D two. Um, a is like in the heart of. <laughs> Sorry, there's d2 like he doesn't touch d you could just tell like he's like no d D, you already know it's like in the hood it's like detroit yeah 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 yeah. like it's you you can see like uh bars on the windows that's d yeah (laughs) (laughs) um a is basically the uh mainly usually in downtown the heart of downtown um it's very convenient you can walk to any place uh to the stadium maybe two blocks away um it's all about location 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 that's that's what real estate is about and but besides that um it depends on what year it's built so if it's built after you know in the past 10 to 20 years do those are typically considered a and then anything that's built after 1980s considered b 1980 to 2000 and then 1970s is c and then so forth because the later i mean the um the older the building, the more deferred maintenance, the more things that's going to, some, uh, some, something's bound to go wrong, whether roof leaks, whether plumbing breaks, whether, you know, there's just a lot of things that could happen when yep. you take uh, an old building. Yeah. And, say, and, and, you know, I like to look at uh, A as in, um, you know, they're going to be your, your professionals, right? Your, your, your doctors, your lawyers, your, yeah. you know, th- those types of things. B, I try to tell people, I was like, that's your working class, you know, upper, you know, I can't say upper management, like your middle White managers. Collar. Yeah. And then, you know, C's. Um, More your blue collar. Yeah. So, you know, the, the guys that are working, right, yeah. <laughs> physically doing things. And then your D class, um, you know, that's just, that's neighborhoods that are a little tougher. Uh, you know, people aren't keeping up on things you got a boat next to a broke down car next to 
things on the wind if the car's you know not on blocks that type of a thing uh, the things you see in movies like he said bars on the window right that's exactly it if you've so, ever drawn drove through gary indiana those <laughs> type of places right um so and and okay so like a-class a neighborhoods and i i like that you gave great examples i mean um you know storage is huge right uh especially if you're in the downtown area there's not you know people have these smaller apartments and they like to have stuff but they still need places to put things uh the pet wash i think is absolutely yeah. a huge i mean do you know have you guys put that in already oh uh, we're in the process of doing so okay it's in construction well that's going to be a question for when you come back on um because i want to know how much that generates because that's an amazing I, I, you're the first to tell me that that's a an add-on that you're doing and i think it's great um and then the Apple Pay, right? So in my in my apartments, right, everything is coin laundry. I I mean, I'm not going to put Wi-Fi in because, you know, I, I'm not in an A neighborhood, right? My people, they're just so used to coin. They're always going to have quarters. They're going to have, you know. Would you know how to use Apple Pay? Not a fucking chance. That's what I mean. Um, so, so you're not putting it in because you have no fucking. No, my, my I have a company that does my laundry uh, okay. for the next who knows how many years Did actually they know how to use apple pay of course they do oh, okay well because yeah the company the company Just asking yeah because i i'm gonna change and i'm gonna actually own my own laundry whenever i can i i'm under like a five-year contract or something so um oh my gosh that's gonna be coming up soon thanks for this conversation you're welcome uh say i've owned the, Glad building, to help. owned the building for quite a while um and so you know th those are great ways because and it's weird because just like america right i mean if you can spend it on a card you will oh, yeah. it takes you a lot more to go spend those quarters than it does for you just to go click 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 so what i'm getting for a dollar 50 for washing he's going to get 225 just because somebody can tap their card right uh -huh. and they have no problem doing it because it just comes out of the account right so um but and then so you're you're raising you're raising in things besides just increasing the units and, and upgrading rents cost you're doing other other great value add things which i absolutely love i think that's a great thing for uh a class and you're still hitting you're projected to still hit the uh the growth potential that you guys want huh yep that's amazing um and what's the purchase price you said 200 units yeah 200 do you, units do you guys own the uh the top the top third and the bottom third and somebody else owns the middle third no, we hold, we own the whole complex. Oh, okay. I uh I just got pitched a syndication where they own the top, the middle, or the bottom. They're working on purchasing the middle because and I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And that's in downtown Dallas too. So um I was like, man, I wonder if I part of this syndication. <laughs> so <laughs> um and uh so you're 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 gonna get projected. Um and how who who found this deal? It's uh it's through network, one of our lead sponsor that the lead sponsor that um he's had really strong relationship with this uh agent, the pretty much the top agent in downtown uh Dallas. And he was the only person that saw the deal. It was an off-market deal. Seller's hand was tied behind his back because as you know, you know, um we're going through a lot of, uh, there's a lot, there's $2 trillion of commercial debt that's expiring in the next year. So uh, what's happening with the market is that uh, his he's on bridge loan, variable yep. interest rate. So it's tough. He's, he's currently sitting on negative cash flow. So he had to sell the building. 
And we were able to, uh, the lead sponsor was able to just go straight to the seller and negotiate um, the price. And we're, we acquired this building for 500000 less than it was previously purchased back in 2019. Okay. So and so he he's going to eat that cost of $500,000 unless he, yeah, because I don't think he's paid down that much. What's the total cost of it? I'm sorry. Did I miss that? Uh, 30 mil, uh, wait, 40 million, 40 40 million. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a chance that he has that buy down of, of 500 K less. Um, well say down payment. Yeah. But he'll eat that cost. I mean, right. He's not profiting and he has negative cash flow. So, um, now, uh, and so that, that's what you're currently doing. Are you still an agent then in California? Uh, I, I do. I just, I have my license just in case if any friends, family is looking to sell a house. Um, okay. but that's not my main focus. I, yeah. I love what I do. Uh, I love doing syndication and, uh, I want to continue to build this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then are you, what is it? hundred unit club? Is that, uh, one of the syndication club? Are you part of that club? No, I'm not. Okay. I actually um, just started syndicating about uh, a year ago. I started networking 10, two, two, three years ago. Okay. I started studying about syndication uh, two, three years ago, but um, it, it took a process, it took a lot of struggle and obstacles to finally fi- find a, a partner I can trust. And I uh, just syndicated two deals last year. Good for you. Um, and then, so you, you went from one 600 square foot condo to a 200 unit building yes sir. like there nothing nothing in between you said i'm done with this petty little small stuff let's just go gusto huh <laughs> yeah good for you Pretty much. um and uh are you now you're full-time you're full-time real estate then yeah okay full-time syndicator yes full, full-time syndicator that's great and in a matter of just years, that's a, that's a heck of a thing to do. Um, so what's, what's next? I mean, so you mentioned Florida, Dallas, where won't you guys go? Um, we go where the deal goes, actually, wherever the number numbers make sense. Um, that's, we pretty much look at, you know, the pretty straightforward matrix, some bell States where anywhere there's sunshine, population growth, job growth, uh, something that's very important to us is business landlord politically friendly states you know sure. that, that's very important because um my partner he syndicated out here in uh california and because of eviction moratorium yeah. uh, a lot of his tenants stopped paying and and we want to mitigate as much risk as possible for our investors yeah uh, so that's why we invest in those states surprising in- that california is uh pro tenant i wouldn't believe that <laughs> i <laughs> Sorry, so full of shit. Say, no, nah, it was you know, and and now did you? So you're not you're not in the daily ba- the day to day then of of the the leasing and all that for the properties and the management, are you? No, Leasing? I'm not. But eventually, I want to get into it. Um, right. again, I just lack experience right now, and I think. Just going through the motion of these two deals right now, I'm actually learning a lot. I, in fact, I already have capital calls on both deals, and uh, yeah, so I'm 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 learning how these lease sponsors are uh, dealing with tough situations. Yeah. Like, 
Um, if you want, I can come rent your condo and I will show you how to be a great landlord. Um, I will just do everything that I know that I've gone through <laughs> and uh, we'll see how long it takes for you to evict. And you just keep renting it back to me. And then the faster you can get me evicted, the better it will be. So it's just, I, I tell people this all the time. I was like, you want to know what it's like to be a landlord? I'll come be your tenant. <laughs> so I would never want you to be my tenant. Dude, I'd be, I'd be like the like I am for umpiring, right? I give umpires so much crap because I was one. I know what it's like. So I was telling one of our employees, you know, who, yeah. about you coming in here for a session. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I told, because Nick goes, well, I can break everything in the fucking room. And I go, if you break that crate, it's $50. It so I got Nick, Nick in that room and he goes, if any of you motherfuckers break this crate, I'm going to break your face. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Um, <laughs> So, so why are you still holding the condo? Um, it's currently it's pretty much the only stream of income I have because I I do I do with syndication right we're we're constantly reinvesting that money back into the business to add value to renovate and so we haven't made uh, any distribution. And the only time we're actually going to get some money back uh, on the preferred return is when we have a capital event like refi we talked about or sell the property. So right now, uh, it's 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 been a pretty. Uh, I would have to be transparent. It's just been a struggle, you know. It's just we haven't made any distribution, nothing, and and so because of how debt, how fast debt has um, has gone up um to to be able to service that debt but on top of that be able to add continue to add value um that's 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 pretty much where i'm at with my syndication deals that's why i have i the condo is just the the, the passive income that i'm basically using to continue to build my business sure um and that's is a that's a great reason to keep it um you know and that's i i think you agree with this i mean you pretty much just said it but like Real estate's not a get rich overnight kind of a thing, right? It is a it takes time. long term, long, you know, it's a long term wealth growth, right? I mean, when the buildings paid off and what, what do you guys uh, normally get uh, out there like 20 year financing or 25? Yeah, it depends. If you're looking at agency debt around there, 20, 20 to 25. Okay. And then, um, let's say, you know, it, it, for normal, it's 30 years for traditional housing i mean you can yeah. get some sba loans small business association loans um for for complexes and and has to be over a million dollars of stuff but um you know it, it's really you're not making you know sure you're making a hundred bucks yay like you know i say you said you said 2200 is what you're getting for income now that's not like what you're everybody thinks that that's what you make right so if you pay me 12 2200 in rent Oh man, my landlord's getting twenty two hundred. Granted, he he said it's paid off, but what are taxes? You know, what are taxes on this condo? Uh, seventeen hundred for the year. Oh, that's really really cheap. Um, and then it's cheap because it's six hundred square feet. Yeah, but still. Uh, so and now, okay. So here's here's my question. I don't own any condos because I don't like associations. What is your feeling and opinion? And then, can you tell me where you started with your HOA and where it currently is? <laughs> Yeah, so you hit it right on the nail. Um, I hated HOA, and that's why I kind of <laughs> moved away from condo because anything you do, 
with the condo you got to get approved you got to get you know um you gotta go through a process basically and so as i started paying the hoa at 280 now it's gone up to three three sixty. um property insurance i used to pay 200 dollars for a year now it's gone up to 500 so okay. that's in the span of since 2015 okay so we're at um 360 so 410 and you said uh 150 so six hundred dollars of that is taxes, insurance, and HOA fees. Does anybody like an HOA? Yeah. Who? Uh, the guy that's running it, that's making all the money. When yeah, but that's the only one. <laughs> Say, um, <laughs> the people on the board of the HOA like it, and everybody else hates it. Oh gosh, yes. So I mean, no, I one of my plumber is the president of his HOA, and he fucking hates him. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter has an HOA. Yeah, she's not allowed to have a grill anymore. Oh no, no grills on the deck. You, and mind you, she lives on the ground floor. You want to know why? Somebody burned it. You damn right they did. Yep. Um, mine. So my my lease states that you cannot have a grill on the deck. You can't have a grill on the patio. You can't have a grill. And uh, you know, everybody has a grill, but. When I get sued, no, my my lease states like this was not permitted. And I tell my tenants, look, I'm not going to go throw it away, but I've told you, you can't have it. What you do with that knowledge, that's on you. Um, so, you know, so if I'm correct, I mean, minus 600 bucks, you're at like uh, 16, yeah, $1,600 yeah. uh, a month minus, minus cap. So we have said CapEx. Let's uh, let's explain what cap, yeah. CapEx or capital expenditures are to people, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, CapEx is basically uh, the fund that you use to add value to the property. And, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it depends on uh, the situation. So if you have, let's say, if you have a turn, tenant turnover, yep. um, you can use that CapEx money to um clean the carpets paint the walls getting get get the units ready for the next uh, tenant to come in sure. and a lot of i say a lot of capex is um i mean yours is mostly covered in an hoa fee so right they're going to take care of your siding your roof and i yeah so um now do they does your hoa do they cover your plumbing and your furnace or is, nope. So everything on the inside is your responsibility. Everything on the outside is your HOAs. Okay. So it's like normal, but so, you know, and then, but now you have CapEx for you, it'd be your furnace and your AC and, you know, your, your plumbing and things like that um, to upgrade. Um, so, you know, out of 16, you know, you're probably profiting, you know, a thousand bucks, but it's because your property's paid off. Right. I mean, let's just give or take, um, some, but uh, I say, you know, it, it, it's, you know, that's without say, gosh, how, how often are you getting turnover in your condo? Uh, so far, just one, one time, my whole, my whole life. So good you know, for not, you. Yes. Because, yeah. I, I, I build really good relationship with my tenant. Um, and, and she takes care of my condo. Like, like she owns the home. So I, sure. I, 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 uh, I, I'm really thankful for that. And when, and when you, okay, so I guess, so you've had the same tenant for eight years or you've uh, had one, I had one, one turnover. Yeah. One turnover. So I had one okay. tenant for three years. And then, uh, ever since then I had the same tenant for five years now. Yeah. Since 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, okay. So what did you first rent it out for when you bought it for one forty five? Uh, 
it was I rented out for I believe fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred. Yeah, I say so about the one percent rule, and then now you're at twenty two. Um, and uh, did did you have you raised rent on the tenant from in the five years? Um, initially I didn't. Um, okay. initially it was when the new tenant had moved in. I I uh I think I rented for eighteen hundred around that time or nineteen hundred. Okay. Um, and I I didn't raise the rent until literally last year. Yeah. Uh, because this tenant has been so good to me, and I just didn't feel like the need to. But yep. because of inflation, because of what happened twenty twenty, all those, you know, yep. trillions of dollars being printed. Now it's like everything has gone up, and I I got I have to charge you know more. Yeah, it's it's wear and tear. I mean, people don't understand how much, you know, I mean, my plumber used to cost uh, 145 and now it's 185, right? And that $40 time, you know, sure. And on one, it doesn't seem like much, but, you know, if you're getting multiple calls again, so that $1,000 is what you're living off of. Now you have minus $200 for one call, you're at 800 bucks that month. Like it's, um, and uh, what, what, it, okay. So you want to get into the leasing side, uh, cause you guys have a really weird syndication to me. Um, I, I, I enjoy the structure cause of how cheap it is, but, um, it's weird. I feel like your general partners are all kind of getting screwed in one way or another. <laughs> um, cause normally, normally the GPs that I know of, right. They're all getting the cut cause everybody puts in all the work and everybody gets a cut. Right. So, Hey, management, we're all splitting this 1%, which is crazy that you're doing it for 1%. Um, and Hey, we're all splitting this. We're all doing that. So, um, what, uh, what makes you want to get over into the, to the other side of things? Oh, you mean asset management? Well, eventually I want to be able to be the lead sponsor of my deals. You know, I want to be the head that's, that runs the deal, that oversees the deal that makes all the decisions. Um, because that's where the money's at, you know, asset management. Um, and, 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 and plus when you run your own deal, you can charge whatever, whatever fees you decide to, because at that point you've built a network of investors that already trust you, that have already invested with you previously, you've already made the money. So yep. now you basically just, uh, you, you can, you, you're in the driver's seat, you know, you can, you, whatever you say pretty much goes yep. at that point. Um, and so you, you guys said, so how long ago did you buy your first one and you haven't had a disbursement? Yeah. So uh, we bought it July of last year. Okay. And so, so it's been over a year and no disbursements. Uh, what's, I guess, so what, what's changed, what's going, what's going wrong with that versus what your predictions were? Sure. So like I mentioned earlier, um, I got capital calls on both deals and the way both deals it's it's very different because the second deal okay i'll talk about i'll talk about the first deal the first deal we got a it's it's a 200 unit apartment building in orlando and we got a capital call because uh the lead sponsor had had gone too aggressive with the renovation he upon taking over the project he renovated one third of the apartment in in literally three or four months like by the end of end of last year and so he was way ahead of the time and uh marketing didn't catch up so our occupancy rate was at 
between like I, I think at the time it was like 79 percent 80 percent so as you know that you know that's not enough to cover the debt and so we had to have a capital call but the guy you know the way how he operated i i, I like what he does is because he he made a decision that hey instead of putting the pressure on the limited partner let's just have the capital call amongst the general partner let's not get them involved sure. uh, so we all agreed to that and um in the end he was able to get some money out of the lender the lender released some of the reserve funds so he had a really strong relationship with the lender so that was the first deal and then the second deal uh we basically just had to you know put in the money as loan for now so and 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 both deals it's same scenario just because debt cost has gone up so much uh it's just really difficult times uh and it's you know if your op if your occupancy rate is not at 90 percent you're going to be in negative cash flow with this interest rate this high so that's 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 what we a lot of syndicators are do, dealing with right now mm -hmm. so do you have somebody forecasting on what the market's going to look like in the next year two years for the commercial world you're yeah. gonna see, you're gonna see a lot more deals um so literally back in 2020 right when mm -hmm. everybody felt wealthy and rich it was really easy to raise capital and there wasn't as many deals out there. but now it's like literally shifted you know now there's a lot more deals but uh, uh, capital. nobody wants to invest everybody wants to sideline everybody's scared and I wouldn't say there's a lot more deals. There's just, there's potential for more deals because right now seller's expectation still hasn't come down. You know, buyer is trying to buy, but they're, they're, they can't make, they can't pencil the deal to work out, right? Because interest rate is so high. Mm -hmm. So seller is going to have to come down on the price, but they're not budgeting price. So it's just, well, depends, go ahead. it's just no, depends on whether or not the, they, they can service yeah, so it. Just, I mean, you know, that, that way it right. Like, hey, you know, with commercial real estate right now, it's tough for them with still having many people working from home. You're seeing a lot of these companies, you know, calling people back to the office just to use that space again. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, there's, it, it really depends on the company, I, I suppose, because um, some companies, they, like Microsoft, I, I know a, a friend that works in Microsoft, they encourage, you know, working from home, working remotely. They don't necessarily have to enforce that, enforce people to go back to work. But I know uh, for certain jobs, like, for example, what I used to do inside sales, it's mm -hmm. better to be in in a working op in, in an office working with other people because you're you 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 hear other people making sales and it, that gets you motivated that get, that that kind of like pushes you because you know salespeople are super competitive so it's like it's, <laughs> I guess, I, yeah you know you need to be in that environment if you want to succeed yeah um, yeah so it just depends no and I say I you know I think there's a a place for every every company to have different things right so like if you're if you're in sales, yeah, being around other salespeople is huge, right? You're talking about strategies, talking about how to do this, right? Um, and you get to see facial expressions versus hearing it on the phone. Um, you know, I say I just stepped real quick. I'm trying to buy another place, and uh, you know, the the seller is getting weird. Um, and so I, I just I throw I to me it's throw money at it, right? Oh hey, it's it's going like this. Nope, cool. I'll put a I'll put a $5,000 earnest money deposit. That way I show you I'm really serious about making this happen, right? Yep. And that, it's going to look at the person. They're going to go, oh man, he's not lying about this, right? Like 
I, I'm hey, if that's what it takes, I'll, I'll throw ten thousand. I don't care. Like whatever it makes you comfortable, mm-hmm. I'll throw it down and say, hey, this. Um, and so you know, working working from home, like as he said, and when you're in sales, man, you want to do that. Um, but your situation, right? I mean, no, I've never no, gone back to the office. Nobody's getting riled up from selling some insurance, or you know, it's not selling insurance uh, from screwing people over on insurance. <laughs> They're getting riled up. I just. Yeah, I don't need to be there for it. Right. Um, you know, it's so um now now sorry, apartment number two. So apartment number one, you guys just renovated way too quick and had too low of a uh um oh my god occupancy. Um so now number two, what what happened with that four hundred unit? Same same such scenario. Uh oh, you have a great not, you have great contractors. Shit. It's not that we overdid it uh, on the renovation. It's just our occupancy rate is low. Yeah. Uh, it's just, um, it was poorly managed. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. And, sure. um, and then, so we're, we're in this firestorm where now we need to have capital call where everybody has, if you contribute a hundred thousand, I mean, if you invest in a hundred thousand, you have to contribute 13%, which is 13,000 to um to to the three million dollars that we currently need if you don't contribute then your your shares gets diluted basically sure um and i guess to to be clear so when you guys are renovating you know when we say uh you know one third right so now you guys you guys are doing it as tenants move out and then you're renovating the unit or are you going in and kicking out one third of the building and then re- renovating the unit. Yeah. So yeah, we don't kick out the, uh, the tenants. It's just, uh, upon taking over when you switch ownerships, um, typically there's a lot of turnovers, right? There's, of course. Gotta, yeah, there's people you got to evict. There's people moving out because new ownership and et cetera, et cetera. So we just renovate, uh, whatever is currently not, um, renting. So that's, and then whenever there's a turnover, whenever we can evict, whenever we evict someone, then that's what we'll continue to do so. So uh, the first project we, it was at, I think 89% occupancy or 90%. So it wasn't, it wasn't that high when we took over the project. The problem with that uh, property, why uh, marketing didn't catch up is because we had literally hundreds of work orders backed up and we were not aware of that. Um, uh, upon taking over the project sure so that was another mistake you know lesson learned yeah um and that's i whenever something's managed by another property manager when when i go to purchase the building i talk to the other property management company and i say hey show me you know show me all the the information on these tenants show me this and you know i i I want to see every work order. I want to see what, how many, how often are these people calling, right? Even if it's a duplex, I'm like, how often are these people calling? What are the things that are getting destroyed? And you'll find, right? Oh, Hey, I've, I've had this toilet snaked 10 times, you know, in the past year. And it's like, okay, Hey, what's going on? I had a lady flushing diapers. Right. And okay, great. Like you're see yourself out. Right. That's how I tell people <laughs> I'm like that. This isn't something we did. Um, and then, so Dallas is getting going. You guys, you guys have purchased it. You're, you're working on your renovations. Um, what's the next step for you? The next step? Well, uh, it's just continue to build my network, continue to build my social, 
uh, online presence and then continue to do more deals. Okay. So I, I get I get more experience and uh, continue to learn more about the business and what I need to know because it's it's a good thing that my first two deals it hasn't been a smooth ride, so to speak. You know, I think I take all these um, stressful moments as a learning opportunity. Sure. Um, and I guess I so I have to ask. I mean, I think anybody that would know a little bit about this would uh would know who grant cardone is right i mean he's one of the best syndicators that are out there um why are you not working for grant with grant um why are you choosing to do an opposite thing um well of course everybody wants to work with mr 10x um but you know how much time does he have to give me right he might just send me an email and that's it and you know there's to get into his mentorship program it probably costs hundreds and hundreds of thousands so i don't have that kind of money <laughs> right um so i i i can do is settle for what i can like what i can find for myself right and, and then that's just naturally going out to network with people and finding like-minded people and also attract the people that i attract so that's that's the way i look at things so um, you mentioned you started networking about three years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. could you tell me what you do for networking? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a bunch of podcast shows, you know, I'm pretty sure just like yours, um, that talk about real estate, right? You just pick one and one or two and you listen to it. And then eventually they're going to be hosting their own in-person event conferences, you know, just, to, it's like a marketing strategy and you just attend those events, um, I started out with, so during lockdown, one of my investors introduced me to the sh- a show called Ra- uh, Real Estate Guy Radio Show. I don't know if you guys yeah. have that. Oh, you are. Okay. I have, yeah, I see. Yeah. So I started listening to that show religiously, like literally every day, um, since I had nothing to do with during lockdown. And that's when I started to, uh, got into, started to get into syndication because they talked about syndication so much, like doing bigger deals easier to scale. I didn't understand any of that back in 2020. And then uh, finally, as soon as we opened back up, uh, end of 2020, I went out to Texas to network with these people. Um, and I taught, I learned a lot, but I, I knew that I was still missing a lot of pieces of the puzzle. So then I invested, I invested even more by going to their biggest event called Investor Summit, where they invite Robert Kiyosaki, you know, Kim McElroy, all these heavy hitters. We're, we're, we go to Belize for 10 days and we network with people, learn from each other. And, and it's like 10,000 to be there. And so I constantly did that for, you know, between 2020 to 2022 until I finally found my business partner. And that's how I started syndicating my first deal. Okay. No, that's great. Um, say, and you know, it, it costs $10,000 to go to these types of things, but you're learning, right? I mean, you're gaining so much knowledge from doing these types of things, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, I actually, I was in a, a buddy network. I don't know. I, I went to a buddy's house and we just, we're both in a, a spot where it's like, Hey, we have to change some mindset, do some things. And um, he's like, look, I just dropped 10 grand on another course for something because what I was doing isn't working anymore. You know, it's not getting the the performance that I want. And so he's like, Hey, now I'm back on the hustle. I'm on the grind. And he goes, you know, and I was like, look, you're like every college kid, uh, every college kid, right? 
when you're in high school, you don't give a crap when you actually pay for it. Now you care. Right. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly it. And I was like, and so we were, you know, we, we were talking quite a bit and uh, you know, I, we were talking about his side, my side, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I market, but I'm the laziest marketer I know. Um, you know, I'll cold call for seven days, get really annoyed and then stop. And it's like, no, you have to, cons- consistency is key for me. So, um, you know, actually I have to write it down. Uh, I was going to write it in my car, but I, I ran out of sticky notes. Um, you know, for me, it's, I'm going to be sending uh, letters every day, a certain amount. I'm going to mail them out, uh, things like that. And it's just consistency, pull my list, do all my stuff. Um, so what, I guess, what drew you to syndication? You kind of mentioned a few things, um, about scaling and things, but like what, why did you choose syndication versus, um, you know, I guess small multis or, or, you know, uh, owning it by yourself? I think it's just, like I said, like I mentioned earlier to, you know, first thing is it's the scalability, right? Um, when, when the real estate guy radio show talked about how, see, Oh, we froze. While we wait for him to come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Jim, you froze on us. So oh. you said you said when the when the real estate guy podcast talked about and then you kind of froze on us. So if you oh, want okay. to repeat that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the scalability, right? And so they they kept pitching about how the the work it takes for you to deal with one condo versus a hundred plus unit apartment it's the same amount of work um and and i i can i can definitely i i definitely concur to that because i dealt with tenant toilet and trash and i feel like at the end of that cycle i had to delegate the task regardless so now that now that i'm thinking bigger and bigger i'm playing the bigger game um not only can i scale not only can i scale easier like you for example like if you own 100 single family versus 100 plus unit apartment you have to take care of 100 roofs versus maybe three four roofs right that's a scalability that they're talking about but not only that you're able to attract uh higher caliber people to work with you you know uh, property managers who are more uh well savvy experience how to deal with uh, work orders and stuff like that um you're also uh attracting you know top real estate agents to work with you lenders and so forth so that's that's the part that i i find it attractive but at the end of the day you got to really do what what's what makes you happy right what what serves your purpose and i've always wanted to help others um i think my 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 core value is being able to help others and not just myself reach financial freedom the ability the ability to give back to everyone who has been extremely supportive you know help my mentors reach their goal faster uh to my parents who sat, made sacrifice to bring me to america and you know friends who believed in me through thick thick and thin uh, thin and so i'm surrounded by people who inspire me to be a better version of myself so that's the uh, through real estate syndication is the way i give back Okay. Um, and say, so, and I get, you know, I, cause there's plenty of things out there like storage facilities, there's, um, warehousing, right. Uh, in the larger scale of things. Um, why are you guys choosing, I guess, residential versus something like storage and, um, uh, you know, warehouse or, or commercially commercial, um, you know, frontage and things like that. 
Yeah. So um, I picked multifamily because it's the, I believe it's the most stable asset class you can get yourself into because I, I, I did some study where uh, back in 2008 uh, during the subprime mortgage crash, um, 4% of the homes went into foreclosure while only 0.4% of multifamily went into foreclosure. That tells you how stable the asset class is. And I also did some digging on that. Typically, lender does not want to take over a 100 plus unit apartment building because they don't know how to manage it. So they'll do whatever it takes to work with you, even if in tough times. Sure. Um, so that's, that's, that's why I chose multifamily. But, you know, there's there's definitely potential down the road to get into other asset class. Like you mentioned, storage, industrial, and so forth, whatever makes sense at the stage of my life. Sure. Um, and where, let's see, where do you, where do you retire? So where do you retire? Where do you stop doing this? Um, what, at what point, how many, how many units, how much income, like when, when are you just going to be done? I don't, have a end goal at at this moment all i know is that i want to be able to raise as much capital as i can that i have so much capital then i'm going to transition to become a lead sponsor and once i become a lead sponsor i don't know what kind of deals i'll be doing but the goal is definitely be maybe the next donald trump you know sure. because there's transfer of wealth right when he loses all that wealth that wealth has to be has to be going somewhere so I want to be taking over that wealth. Sure. Um, let's see. And, you know, when, when I look at this, do you, with, with your partners, if you go find a deal, do you have to give them uh, part of the deal or can you choose to do it by yourself? It just depends. It, it depends on how big the, the size of the deal. Um, let's just say if if I find a nice eight unit apartment building in LA, I can probably syndicate that just or JV that deal amongst just between my friends and my family, right? Sure. But if it's a deal that I feel like uh, I need more team members, I need more help, I need more hands, um, then I will definitely explore partnerships because partnerships makes makes things easy. And that's another thing that I was referring to building my network. I feel like the the bigger network I built, the easier it is for me to get things done. Um, sure. And because this this business is all about relationship, as you know, as a real estate investor, it's all about relationship. Yeah, um, it's I have friends that are financially well more successful than me and you know they they said what's the one of the biggest things and you know i said look relationship building is going to be the biggest key for you right i've been in this game for gosh 13 years now and i learned it very young and they're like oh i don't get anything from going to these meetups and i was like nope you'll you'll get it it just doesn't come instant gratification right you send out something you get an instant call back like this is you're gonna you're gonna want this for the rest of your life and so, um, you know, I, I think, um, I think when you, when you look at, you want to stay in the Sunbelt area. Now, are you trying to find deals or do you have somebody else that does that? So is your, is your main focus currently just raising capital? Yes. Okay. 
So, and uh, what are, are you guys trying to do um, accredited or non-accredited or do you not care? You just want to make the deal happen. I don't care. I just want to make the deal happen. Okay. Um, that's why I'm trying to uh, build my own audience, build, uh, find my own tribe, you know, that uh, look, like, look, at the end of the day, I, I don't want this to just be transactional. I, I'm in this for the long run and I want my investors to also be with me for the long run. If they do start to invest, I want to continue to help them make money and continue to uh, help them reach their goal as soon as they as as possible and um you know we're going to be in this for the long run we're going to be here for you know 10 like the next 10 20 30 years sure. um and what's your guys's minimum uh requirement to to syndicate um so- in in the current market it's 50,000 okay per deal yeah um but when the the market was doing hot like 2 years ago it was 100,000 so it just depends Sure. I say, and, and I think everybody, you know, every syndicator, I guess, or syndication group has their own minimums and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think you guys are on track with the, with the 70, 30, with the 8% preferred returns. Um, you know, I 50,000, that's, you know, you guys are looking at 200, 200 units and above kind of a thing. Uh, you know, I say, I know, I've been in some syndications where it's been 20,000 or sorry, 25. I've never been 20, uh, 25,000 minimum. And I've been in some where it's 250 minimum. Um, you know, so I, I think you have to, you have to figure out what you're comfortable with and, and find the right team of syndicators. Right. So, um, you know, if I'm investing my money, I have to trust the person, trust that they're doing something I want to see. I want to see that they're getting action. So, I guess let's, I want to change this around a little bit because now it brought me to a thing. So if I, if I'm an investor, what are the, some questions I should be asking you? Um, number one thing, track record experience, what's their team look like? Um, what, if, what, what's your background in real estate? These are all pretty valid question, I would say. Um, and, and, and how long have you been in this industry and how, like, have you, have you, have you exited any deals yet? Have you, um, have you partnered with these people before? Um, these are all pretty valid questions, I would say. Sure. Um, and let's say, what are some questions that you ask, uh, for your investors, right? For, for people that would want to invest, what, what are, what are some of those things? I typically just ask what, 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 what is the goal? Like, what, what are the, what are you looking to accomplish? Um, are you looking to, and, and same questions too, pretty much like, well, I would ask what's the background. Have they invested in real estate? Um, are they, uh, are they familiar with what is, what is syndication and so forth? Cause I just had a, uh, an investor call yesterday. I'll give you an example the guy, the guy called me and I thought he wanted passive income, but he said, no, he wants, he wants to get in the deal. He's never invested. He's like 50 year old, never invested in real estate. Um, he wants to get some help. He wants to know how to, where, how to start and so forth. So I just, I just basically break, break it down for him. Like, cause he, he listened to one of my podcasts and he was able to relate to me and he wants to see if he, 
if I can kind of guide him in in a way because he re- he's trying to get his fir- uh, foot in the door while he's struggling with his wife. <laughs> his wife sure. is like very risk averse. <laughs> sure. So, so, and yeah. no, sorry, are you married? No, I'm not. Okay. So, right. You don't have to worry about that aspect of things. Right. Um, yeah. I deal with, you know, I, this is, I, I share my buddy's stories all the time, but you know, I have a buddy that uh, him and his wife, uh, they bought a house because it was, you know, it's a massive house, right? It has an indoor pool and things and they were going to Airbnb it. Mm-hmm. Well, after they make this giant move, they sell their, they sell their mansion here and move to a mansion down there and uh, come to find out she doesn't really feel comfortable with Airbnb. So they didn't bring in the income that they wanted to. Things kind of changed. It wasn't like they were on the same page and it's like, oh man, you you didn't. So uh, they've now fixed that issue and then they're up here into another freaking mansion, but good for that. <laughs> say uh love them to pieces but uh you know so it it really is like my wife uh i can't say she's risk adverse she just doesn't give a shit (laughs) say i love her to pieces but um you know i i i run through every deal right my wife she just hears numbers all day and she's like yep okay sounds great right and i'm like no it's a horrible freaking deal like why you know i'll try to test her sometimes too uh hey would you buy this yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds great. No, no, that's a horrible deal. Oh, that's what I meant. I meant, I meant, man, who would buy that? That's my, she'll change constantly. So, um, but now, so he wants to, he wants to, he wants to be an active investor versus a passive investor then. Correct. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah. So I try to figure out like, what, what is it that they're looking to accomplish, you know? Uh, Cause everybody has different goals and, 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 and everyone is also at a different stage, you know, of investing um and and so that's that's the one thing i try to figure out first before i get i dive too deep into you know what i do sure now will you uh so with with somebody like him will you help him with your real estate license try to find uh um a a duplex or a single family or something like that yeah so he actually lives in central florida there's so there's no way for me to help him out except refer anybody that i know out there Sure. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, that's pretty pretty much what I did. Um, I connected him with uh, uh, an agent that I trust, and he's he you know that's that's all I can do. You know that's a, sure. Um, and I, I told him look, look like if I ever come across any off market deals in Central Florida, he, he he would be the first person I think of because I'm all about uh you know adding as much value to you know uh people that need help with you know when it comes to real estate investing yep um and that's a you know but you can say just a heads up like that's one thing you could do too much of sometimes you're giving too much for everybody else and you're not getting a return so but you on the other hand you're constantly asking for who does that remind me of (laughs) say you're constantly asking people hey do you want to invest in things like that so at least you're still working on your side sometimes Sometimes I forget to to ask for yeah, things I need. <laughs> yeah. um, Nick gives too much information. Yeah, and not, doesn't get enough out of it. Yeah, say, no, it'll come back around. It's just you know, it takes a while. Yeah, sometimes I forget to go. Hey, oh, I, I'm looking for a house. <laughs> so, what again? You um, know, you th- let's call back to networking for a minute. Yeah, I I'm always stunned when you bring in some of these stories. You had the one guy that you saw at Home Depot. Yeah. And he called you like two months later and he's like, Hey, you want to buy my house? Just because yeah. you sat there bullshitting with him for five minutes at Home Depot. Yeah. And you're great at that. 
Oh yeah. It's uh because because my mom's that crazy lady that does that shit. <laughs> so but um, you know, no matter where I am, I mean that's um that that's what I'm gonna do, right? I I I don't know. There's very certain places I don't tell people what I do, you know. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean I'm out there doing doing what I do. And now all right, if if uh if you wouldn't mind, I guess, could you tell us what your best advice in life, no matter what it is, whether it's real estate focused, whether it's anything, uh, what's your best advice you would give anybody that's listening? The best advice? Yep. Mm, well, I guess I'll keep it short. I mean, just don't be afraid of being wrong because being wrong is just an opportunity to find the truth, right? It's And and, and really, uh, you don't need to be an expert in everything. You, you just you must know or hang out with an expert (laughs) and that's gotten me really far sure um and you said uh you said you have a podcast uh say why don't you plug your podcast yeah my podcast is uh investor to investor um it's a it's it's a mastermind group it's all it's a group that i volunteer for it's it's a a real local real estate meetup that we host uh, an event uh, once, once every once a month, uh, first Wednesday of every month, and and basically uh, we have a guest speaker that talk about syndication every time, and then we also have sponsors. So that group, I run the podcast show for that group. Um, so the, yeah, that's it's called Investor to Investor. Okay, um, and then that's found on all platforms. Yes. Okay um i'll make sure i link that in the show notes yeah of course they say and uh say if anybody wanted to get in touch with you to find out more information to be an investor to do anything like that how would they get a hold of you uh they can check out my website formosainvesting.com uh they can also connect me on social media uh facebook linkedin twitter and uh yeah instagram uh form at formosa investing Okay. Um, and any questions that we didn't answer or answer, ask how many questions, no, any questions we didn't ask that you wanted to answer? No, it's, uh, this is probably the longest interview I've done, but you know, I had fun, you know, I I appreciate all the laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Say we, we try to keep it. We try to keep it very fun. So, uh, stay with us for just a couple seconds. Everybody, uh, as always like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. We forgot that at the beginning. I'll, I'll edit that in. We'll just sound like me twice. Sure. You will. (laughs) Um, if you're on Twitch with us, hang out for a few, we might do a second episode tonight. We're not sure yet. Take care. We'll see you guys next week. in to box and brews you might hear something you can use like tips on your cash or tips on the suds you're gonna want to use the smarts of these stuff because they know the brews and they know the box and they know they can't help the stubborn fucks so listen up because shit's not funny save yourself some beer money bucks and brews bucks and brews and brews bucks and brews